everyone to the Apocalary Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Reverend Dr. Lawrence Van Beek. And don't you forget it, anyone. Don't you forget there it. There is a test at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't care what you know about Haggai, but you better know that oh, I'm, a, yeah, I'm yeah. a doctor. Yeah, not just a not just a doctor, a doctor that knows stuff. No, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and and can actually fix you if if you're wounded. Kind yes. of. Yeah. 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 He's done he's done CPR six times. Ooh. Every one of them's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but I've done it. But dang it's, it, only, it's only online that the five year old saves his dad by doing CPR. <laughs> <laughs> but you were there, you made yourself available. That's I, I was. Well, when you're on the ambulance, by the time you're there, it's it's pretty much too late. Yeah. Yeah. Um but never mind people dying. Let's talk about people that need to build up something. Yes. Tonight we are doing Haggai. 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 Yeah. And um, it's just the next prophet in, in our in our list of prophets that mm-hmm. we've come to. But but let's let's do some background now. Do you remember we've had we had prophets before the Assyrian captivity, the Assyrian captivity, 722, 721, mm-hmm. when Israel went into captivity to Assyria. Okay. Right. And um, and so there were prophets preparing, preparing the people for that captivity. And then there were prophets preparing people for the Babylonian captivity between 722. And well, the, the, the Babylonian captivity proper, they say, is 586. Okay. They think that Daniel and his friends probably went into captivity 605. Um, so there was a there was a period of this thing building with puppet kings and all that. Hmm. But there were prophets before the Babylonian captivity, and they were they were also called pre-exilic prophets because okay. because the Babylonian exile was the was the main exile. It was the people in the Babylonian exile that they call call they call that the exilic period um, and stuff like that. Right? Those are the people of the diaspora. Hmm. So the diaspora means the dispersion, the dispersion of the people. Right. But but it's the it's when Judah went into captivity, then by then all of Israel was in captivity, right? Well, then they come back. So about 533, I'd say 538, um, in that in that area there, Persia conquers Babylon. And that's the end of the book of Daniel, you know, where mm-hmm. when do you remember when um when Persia comes in and the people just open the doors and say, we are so, we are so fed up with, with our King right now. You might as well take over. Yeah. Like we'd rather serve in another country than serve this idiot. Right. Right. right? Ah, you remember Daniel's thing with many, many tekel you the finger writing on the wall. Right. You yes. Found the, yes. Found in the balance, weighed in the balance and found wanting. And now you're going to lose the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Then Persia and Persia takes over. So it's interesting that God did tell them, like they had that time, right? Um, so Persia takes over in around 538, and and then the return starts to happen um, underneath under the Persian king um, Darius, hmm. right? And they think they think Darius, um, they think like it, well, it was about 520 that we figure that that Haggai is now speaking. Hmm. Okay, and it's kind of a weird thing um, because because Zerubbabel is the first guy to come in. 
to come back from the Persian captivity. So we always think it's Ezra and Nehemiah. So we always think in Nehemiah when we think of coming back from the captivity. Yeah, yeah. But the first return from captivity was really under a guy named Zerubbabel. And, um, and that's what Haggai is talking. They've come back from captivity. And this is a really weird little thing, Steve. All of this whole book, um, all that he's really doing is saying, you've come back to the land. And don't forget, most many, many Jewish people didn't come back. Mm-hmm. Like they, they set up really good lives where they were. Yeah, and they were like, why would I go back, right? I'm, I'm doing fine why here. Why would I go back? Yeah, like if, if everybody said to you, you know, we're, we're going to rebuild Scotland and, you know, why don't you come back from Canada and go to Scotland? Well, you might go, actually, because you really like Scotland. So Yeah, I do, but not that much. I mean, you know. But if they said to me, you know, <laughs> we're going to rebuild Holland, you know, and, uh, you know, we need some guy to work on the dikes. Um, and I would say, you know, I'll give you a little money. Maybe, maybe somebody <laughs> else can go. Oh, <laughs> again, Holland is very nice. Yeah. But, I'll, I'll wave but, at you when you get on the ships. <laughs> yeah. But Jerusalem was pretty war run down and these guys had to come back. And so they came back and when they got there, they started building their own homes. Mm-hmm. And, and Haggai's message is is a simple message of you need to build God's house before you work on your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it even makes me feel a little guilty because I know that when I'm supposed to work on the church and do stuff for Lynn um, on the church, it just sometimes um, I'm, I'm okay once I get into it, but I, I can be fairly annoyed before I start. <laughs> right? and, and I don't know that this is that different than that. <laughs> I'd rather work on my own house than, than work on God's house. And that's what he's saying to these people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what Haggai I, I does. So we can go ahead and read now. All right, folks. Haggai one, uh, one, let's start there. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel. 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 Wow. Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Zodak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty said. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord or to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. Is it, is it time for you to, yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this oh, stop the, for just a second. Now, paneling <laughs> was probably nicer than in those days than it was in the 1970s. <laughs> yeah, when you and I grew up and we put that in our basements. And we were like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you throw some paneling in your basement? Yeah. Anyway, remember, remember, um, oh, the forgot, forgot his name, Dave Barry. Yeah. Who said paneling is an easy way to make every house look worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Verse five now, folks. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put put them in a purse with holes in it. Oh, there's some great images. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty? Because my house, which remains a ruin, 
while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. Oops, sorry. Yeah, so so it's it's a straightforward, isn't it? He's basically mm-hmm. just saying you're you're not you're you're not serving me first. You're you're serving your own needs first. Mm. And and take time and think about this. Stop serving yourself and start serving me. And then he'll he'll talk a little bit later about that. But what he says, like you said, eh? You're gonna eat and not have enough and drink and not have your fill, and you're not gonna be warm because you live in Canada. And that was stupid. I lived in Australia, where it's always warm. And you're in wages and put them in purses, but you, you lose your money. And so, so I'm just not prospering you because you're not thinking about me. You're only thinking about yourself. And God always seems to take, take people to task for that, right? It's always that hubris of putting ourselves first, being selfish, not putting the Lord first. He always seems to attack that pretty quickly. Yeah, and is there? I, I can't remember if there's anything that kind of resembles that in the New Testament where he says, you know, oh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. I guess mm-hmm. we could throw that one out there. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. Think think about the things of God and, and do the things for God. And, and then, you know, now he doesn't do that as much with us, but these guys, there's a direct co- uh, relationship between between serving God and being blessed materially. And I, and we're always very cautious of that because we're really worried about the prosperity gospel guys. Yeah. You know? And yet the prosperity gospel guys, I remember we, we have some in my family. And I remember um, the one guy's dad saying, the thing that really bugs me is that he really does love and serve God. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this isn't a, a, I'm going to do this so that I can get rich. And yet God is blessing him mightily in financial ways as well. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, Steve, you and I know better. Therefore, God does not have to do that for us. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I yeah, see what yeah. you did there. <laughs> Which I think is very unfortunate. I, I would rather, you know, be yeah. stupid and get blessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, we had to get by on our wisdom. (laughs) For he who teaches much is demanded of him. Oh, yeah, thanks. (laughs) Whatever. I I can use like little is demanded of him. Yeah. Oh, but so true, right? That that God knows us so well that he knows exactly how to test us and use us and and prosper us. Yeah. And of course, if people are looking at us from anywhere else in the world, we look pretty wealthy. Yeah, we certainly do. Uh, okay, uh, verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, son of that thing I'm not going to even try to say out loud anymore. <laughs> Joshua. He's the son of a little dog. He's the Sheltie's son. <laughs> He's a Sheltie's son. <laughs> Joshua, son of Zodadek? Zodadek? Josadek. Josadek. I don't know. Or you could say Yosadek if Yosadak. you want, because they, they, they didn't pronounce the J's as J's. Okay, Yosadek the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord, 
Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message to the message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of, son of the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the high, <laughs> the high priest, <laughs> and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. Yeah, and that is a beautiful thing. You can nail this right down to a specific point in history because he keeps telling you the dates that he does everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're not very far from the from the Maccabees, really, are we? Like we're well, not we're far. Still, Maccabees, like you're you're 200, 180 Maccabees. Right. And right now we're we're 520. So okay. no, you're still three centuries away. Okay. 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 Well, two two and a half. <clears throat> yeah. So we're not creeping up. We're not Alexander the Great yet. Um, um, you know, the Peloponnesian War, I think, was 440. Okay. Um, the per when Persia attacked Greece, that would have been, well, that would have been just after this, that Persia went on, went after Greece, right? Okay. So I'm trying to think of when they went after Greece would have been in the, um, in the late 400s. I think that that was the Persian War. Remember when they attacked all of Greece? Yeah. And they, they of that war, they and so this this is just another part of uh, the Persian Empire at that time. Okay. Okay. I wonder. I wonder if Jewish people were involved in some of those wars. Because mm, mm, mm. they would be in Persia, right? Right. Uh, pretty intriguing stuff. Do you want to read? Do you want to do two, or do we going to stop here? Oh no, let's do two. I just can't okay. find can't find the mouse right now. <laughs> so hang on a second. You're going to see. You see the window go away and come back to you. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's intriguing that there's there's stuff going on in the rest of the world. That's one of the things when we're studying the Bible that that we should, uh, you and I should just maybe point that out every once in a while. What's happening in the rest of the world? Yeah. So, so Persia has defeated uh, Babylon, and now they're they're going to go out after Greece, and they're going to lose. Hmm. Um, and that's going to be quite quite a defeat for Persia. Well, wasn't, it's it, wasn't it Artaxerxes that went after Persia? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and isn't, it the, isn't it the yeah. thing that actually weakens the Persians so much that when the Greeks came through, they just washed through the whole area, right? Ah, yeah, it's um, yeah, because because Persia Persia loses their power at this point. Um, when you look at Daniel's thing, remember the 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 great the great power is Babylon. That's the golden head. Then after Babylon comes Persia, and then Greece. And they don't talk about Rome at all in there. They just talk about Greece. Macedon would be Greece as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, and then then you come down further. I don't know if if you hit Maccabees, the Maccabeans at all in that, because it's those other countries, right? So we'd have to we'd have to go back and look at that statue again yeah, and, yeah. and start pulling that together. But that's that's what's going on in the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. so, and it's a funny thing when you read the Bible, you kind of feel like that's all that's going on. But there, but there's a whole world of stuff going on around this thing. Yeah, and and a lot of the stuff that Jesus does is is really confined, right? It's really a small piece. Well, even even the Romans, like I don't know, he, remember when they were talking to Paul and they said that's something to do with this guy Jesus. I I don't know what it's about. It's some crazy yeah. thing to do with their own religion, yeah. and uh, and and they don't know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> and to us, it's I mean, Jesus is I mean. Wouldn't the whole world know about Jesus? No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Just a few guys in Galilee. Yeah. Just a small part of a small part of the kingdom. Yeah. 
So amazing, eh? Yeah. Um, I'm with you. So at the very end of chapter one, folks, it says, in the second year of King Darius, and then to go into chapter two. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, to Joshua, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? Be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, the high priest. Be strong, all you people. Zerubbabel, by the way, I think means um, born in or out of Babylon. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Declares the Lord. And work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I have covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations. And what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this, I, in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Now, here's the weird thing here. So basically what they've done is they've rebuilt. They, they finally came together and rebuilt the temple. Hmm. And Ezra is going to talk about this as well. And if you, when you read Ezra, you're going to find out there were people that were old enough that they remembered the first temple. Mm-hmm. Remember, because it was Babylon that stripped the first temple of all of its artifacts, all of its gold. They stripped, you know, all of that stuff and hauled it away and then destroyed the temple. And these guys have rebuilt the temple. And they said that that the young people were, were really excited and they were cheering and the old people were mourning and and it was such a mix of people that you couldn't tell the the mourning from the cheering. Mm-hmm. And really what they're saying is the old people are are just are just so disappointed that this new temple is 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 really dull compared to the old one. Mm-hmm. What God says is I'm gonna do something fabulous here. And I don't know, like like you don't actually see that happen. Um mm-hmm. like eventually King Herod is going to is going to bolster this temple and, and make it really beautiful mm-hmm. before it's destroyed again in AD 70. So King Herod, <laughs> you know, in, in the beginning of, of the first century, King Herod is, is, is redoing the temple for the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that's what he says here. He says, you know, you've got this temple and they're, they're just like, Ugh, things a piece of piece of junk compared to what we remember. Yeah. And yet here's the Lord saying it's going to be something so much greater and better than the first one. It's, it's going to be glorious. And what, what is the prophet pointing to when he says that? Is it mm-hmm. something future to us? And that's why so many uh, biblical scholars, you know, dispensationalists and others, and I know they mock the dispensationalists, but but they, they, they think that these prophets must be looking to something future to us because they haven't seen these things happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. so there's a bit of a disappointment here is what i'm saying yeah and then and then there's the blessings of course yeah uh picking it up at verse 10 then folks on the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of darius the word of the lord came to the prophet haggai this is what the lord almighty says ask the priests what the law says if someone carries consecrated meat in the fold of their garment and that and that fold touches some bread or stew some wine olive oil or other food does it become consecrated the priest answered no 
And Haggai says, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? Yes, the priest replied, it becomes defiled. And Haggai says, so it is with this people and this nation in my sight, declares the Lord. Whatever you do and whatever they offer is defiled. Now give careful, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, um, plus I'm not wrapping meat up in my garments, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should say, you know, would that be gross? Yes, that would be gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I keep a steak in my pocket just in case. Yeah. Um, but really all that he's saying is, these are the Levitical laws. He's going back to the Levitical laws yeah. and saying, you know, defiled things cannot touch undefiled things. If, if you touch a dead body and something else, that is also defiled. And that's that's from the Levitical um, mm -hmm. law. And he says, you're you guys are defiled. And so anything you touch is defiled. Which is a real slam. Well, I was going to say, is he taking them to the woodshed here? Or is this just you haven't been consecrated yet? I think he's still taking them to the woodshed. Okay. I think he's still saying, you know. So consider, oh, we'll keep reading. You'll find out. Okay. Verse 15 now, folks. Now give careful thought to this from or give careful thought to this from this or from this day on. Consider how things were before one stone was laid laid on another in the Lord's temple. Can anyone, when anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. When anyone went to a, a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. From this day on. From this day on, from the 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have, olive tree have not borne fruit. From this day on, I will bless you. Yeah. So until you finish that job for me, um, you, you, were, you were not acting properly. And I'm going to bless you in the future now. Hmm. Like you've done it. If you go back to Ezra after they, now Ezra is actually 60 years past this period of time hmm. that Ezra's there. And that's when he finds the book of the law and they start reading the book of the law again. So I don't know how much of the book of the law, whether it was the whole, like, we'll just say the Torah just to be safe. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to go back and we'll have to study that to know exactly what he found. But that's what Ezra found when when he came uh, sixty years after this. Sixty yeah. years after this, like that's our lifetime, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the time go like we. You want to compress the time somehow in this, and and you know a century doesn't sound like a lot, but a century is a long time. Yeah, yeah. Especially when your average age was what in the forties, your thirties. In in the Middle East, they seem to live to be octogenarians for some mm, reason. Mm. Yeah, and I don't know why that is. Like in in Europe and in in Canada, in in North America in the early days, you know, um, sixty years old. That's why they made the old age sixty because people just didn't live any longer than that. Right. So they were pretty safe to take your money, knowing that you're going to be dead at sixty. <laughs> we're screwed now because everybody's living till they're eighty, ninety. I mean, the money's gone. Okay. But um, but uh, but yeah, these guys lived actually a fair bit longer. I, mm. I don't know. I do not know why. Okay. But interesting yeah. to think that, that like you, like you said, that you know, it is a generation at least that is passed on almost. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
All right, folks, picking up at verse 20 now. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of, of the month. Tell Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, that I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son, <laughs> the thing the I will say, <laughs> declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. Yeah, so a nice, nice little finish for old Zerubbabel there. Right. Like you've been serving me, and I'm going to use you, and I'm going to bless you, Zerubbabel. Mm -hmm. Like you are, you are, a signet ring was a sign of who you were, mm. and you are a symbol of God mm. Mm. in this place. Mm. Very, very nice stuff. Yeah, and in, in the light of all the people, at least he is the one that is at least serving the Lord, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the priest that was with him, I think he was going to be okay too. Hmm. And and they were um, they were bringing the people around to serving God. The, this whole thing is just a, a just a, a constant. I'm I'm restoring you, and now you're not serving me, and now I'm restoring you. It's a it's not the same as the um, as the judges. Remember, that was a 360-year period of, of one judge rises up in one area of the kingdom mm. and they deliver them. And then they, they, they serve God for a while and then they stop. And, and then another judge rises up somewhere else and delivers the kingdom and they serve God and stop. And um, it's just a 360-year series of, mm. Mm. of God delivering pieces of, of Israel. And then before they come up with their first king, right? Before before you come to Samuel and then Saul, and uh, but then after that, I mean, then it's the then it's the United Kingdom, then the divided kingdom, and it's just just Israel, on and on and on, not not serving God. Mm. Mm. And we become very complacent too, I think, in in our day and age as well. Right. We're not different. No, no, we still put our things first. We still. Forget that the Lord is the one that's redeemed us and all those. <laughs> yeah, 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 and that's what He's saying to them here. So anyway, there, there's, there's Haggai. You're, you're back from the captivity. You're still having a bad time of it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's really not the story we wanted, right? We really wanted this story of great victory. Of they come back and they're so thankful and they're like, "Oh Lord, thank you for saving us out of these kingdoms." And they're like. Yeah, I gotta build my house. Like I'm yeah. like hmm, look at the time. I you know, like yeah. and, and it's so easy to to say that they were terrible without looking at ourselves and going, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are no different. No. That doesn't mean you have to be on the board of a church. <laughs> uh, I, I believe you and I would say we shouldn't do that. Nobody should do that anymore. I, I just think there's something wrong with that kind of thing. Yeah, there's somebody. Somebody must be called to that ministry, but it's, it's not us. No. Uh, my friend, thank you so much for this, folks. I hope that's a good encouragement to you. That I mean, yeah, we look at the negative examples of the nation of Israel and we say, and these people were stupid, only to realize that we are just as dumb as they are. We are just as disobedient as they are. We are just as. Um, self-centered as they are. So what a good reminder from the Old Testament. 
Um, folks, thanks for being with us. As we say always, we're so appreciative that you've been with us all this time. And if you're just joining us now, hey, thanks for coming along for the ride. Uh, don't be afraid to tell your friends, family, put it on like, you know, post office boxes. I don't I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I'm just going to stop. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, thank, thanks for listening. It is kind of humbling the fact that people listen to what we do on a weekly basis. So until we next should time. Figure out, we should figure out a way so that people can give to this. To this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take I guess your we're win- not going to get a lot if I keep laughing about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you wouldn't mind sending winning lottery tickets to the following mailing address. <laughs> <laughs> well, graciously accept them. Uh, but no, I, I, we will next week well actually if you're curious if you'd like to contact us and uh, send us questions or something like that I'll, I'll we'll give you an email address next week that you can send it to oh that's interesting yeah uh but until then i was steve he was larry and this was the apocalypse